You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 295 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Bailey Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good. Thank you very much. Um, I hope everyone has a great Labor Day weekend, or if you're in the UK, uh, a great bank holiday weekend. Um, I know that there was a carnival in my town today, so you know. Hopefully, everyone's happy and in high spirits. Um, I, I, I really, really need to be in high spirits right now. But hopefully, this show will help me with that. This is like therapy for me, so let's do it. Well, I certainly understand that. Um, we all we also had a, a festival here yesterday, a Caribbean festival, if you will. So, uh, oh, nice. So, so he was eating some. Uh, Jerk chicken and he was oh duff, no man dutty whining dutty whining and stuff <laughs> oh no uh-uh man it's it's, it's a, just a little bit too much traffic uh all over the city because there's also a jazz festival going on as well downtown so uh i i have not gone near where that festival was taking place there's a lot of streets that were blocked off and closed so uh unfortunately i did not get to take advantage but um yeah, the jazz festival is still going on, uh, so I may check that out later on tonight. We'll we'll see about that. But um, yeah, it's currently 95 degrees here in Atlanta, so uh, hot as hell for this time of the year is a very good way to describe the weather. I mean, I know that we're right close to summertime. But this is the one thing that I do not like about Atlanta is it, in the summertime it gets hot and the humidity makes it even worse. So. Um, just going to uh, take it easy for the most part today, but uh, yeah. So um, there was a a little bit of news stories that dropped this week. Nothing too major because you know we we, we already know that E three is in about two weeks. You know, two weeks from today, Microsoft will be having their E three twenty nineteen press conference, uh, and we of course will be giving our instant reactions after that show. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, on top of that, next week on the co-op, we're actually going to be doing a predictions podcast. So definitely make sure that you definitely come back next Sunday because uh, we're just going to talk about everyone that's going to be at uh, E3, what we think the, the publishers are going to show, stuff like that. So, but yeah, as for this week, a couple of new stories to get into. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about what we have been playing. Um, so Gary, I'm going to go to you first. What have you been playing or what have you been up to uh, this week? Uh, so, I mean, I didn't get a lot of playtime, but, you know, I've been playing the, the same two games I've been playing the past few weeks. But um, let me talk a bit about the, the Overwatch anniversary update. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, it's officially been th- three years now since I've been playing this game, which is crazy. Um, I haven't stuck with the game that long, you know, for... Well, never really, you know, like I've played this game consistently for the past three years, which is insane. 
uh, but I really, you know, love the game. Um, it, it's gotten a bit toxic and stale at the moment, but I'm hoping they can fix that with some some changes. But um, yeah, the anniversary event went live on Tuesday, and there's a bunch of new skins to check out for everyone. Um, they've also introduced a custom game. Uh, well, they call it the Workshop. So, you know, a lot of creators out there have been creating their own game modes for Overwatch. And um, you can now go ahead and check that out. I believe it's on console as well. If you want, you know, if you want to try something new in Overwatch. Um, and they're also adding a replay mode. Um, I don't think that's live yet, but it's coming very soon. So you'll be able to, like, rewatch your gameplay and see where you went wrong and make improvements in your next game and stuff like that um and yeah uh, so far so good uh, a lot of people um that you know th there's been people that i used to play overwatch with a lot who kind of fell off and stopped playing for a while but they came back this week because of the anniversary so that was good and it you know it was nice and refreshing to to play with those guys again um so yeah that's overwatch um i've also been playing legend legend of heroes trails in the sky which is you know um an isometric turn-based rpg uh jrpg um and yeah i got a bit further into that game now uh played it for a total of uh 28 hours now um you know over the course of like a month or something um and yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I feel like the story is really picking up now. Um, it, it seems like it takes a while for the story to, to get good. But I wasn't bored at any point because, um, you know, the, the the basic premise of this story is that you play as, uh, well, you control two young um, characters, you know, a girl and a boy. And um, they are basically uh, adopted siblings um and their father is like this uh popular um guild uh uh what's the word um basically he works for a guild and you know he's he's a senior in the guild and he has a lot of respect um and everything like that but then he disappears on a mission and um they join the guild and start working their way up so i enjoyed you know clearing my list of quests um as part of the guild you know while the story took a bit of time to build up and now i'm at the point where the story is really taking off um and i'm ready to be whisked away on this epic adventure finally you know um and a lot of people might be like damn it took 28 hours for the story to, to pick up i don't want to play that game uh well that that's how jrpgs are you know, for the most part, like you have to really enjoy JRPGs to have that patience to stick with them that long, you know, because um, this is the case in a lot of JRPGs where the story, you know, doesn't really pick up in a major way until like 20, 30 hours in, you know, um, even with like Final Fantasy 7, you know, it takes about 20 to 30 hours you know, if you're if you're doing a lot of like the side stuff, the side content, it takes about twenty to thirty hours before you get to you know the the big moment that everyone talks about. Um, it might even take more than that if you're doing a lot of other side stuff. So, 
yeah, that's just the way JRPGs are. So you really have to love it. And if you do love JRPGs, I, I recommend Trails in the Sky to everyone. Um, I really just want to play tra- uh, uh, Trails of Cold Steel. I can't, I, I can't remember if that's the actual name. I know it's something Cold Steel. Uh, but that's the game I really want to play because uh, it's more modern. It's got 3D character models and things like that. Um, but, you know, I was advised by Riku that I have to play Trials in the Sky first. So that's what I'm doing. Um, and I'm enjoying it. So if you're looking for a turn-based RPG to play that you, you know, you haven't, you might not have heard about before, I definitely recommend this game. I'm playing it on PC. Um, I don't think this this particular game is on PS4, but I know the Cold Steel series is. So you could just get that game if you want to, but you're going to miss out on a lot of references. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing this week. That's cool. Sounds good. Um, and I definitely have to commend you as well as Riku for uh, being able to put so much time into these games you know I heard 30 40 50 hours mentioned I don't know if I would ever have that much time uh, anymore now I definitely had that much time maybe about a couple years ago but uh, as every year passes uh, I noticed that my time gets a lot less for playing games Um, but I guess it depends on the game if it's a game I really really can't wait to get my hands on then I will definitely make the time to you know, play as much of it as I can. Yeah, I mean, there, there used to be a time where I could put like 20, 28 hours into an RPG within like a week, you know, but it's taken me like over a month to get to 28 hours in this game. Um, so I, I commend the people that are still able to, you know, put mad hours into these games, you know, on, on a weekly basis. Like for me, you know, I, I'm only able to play like an hour or two at a time you know so um it it takes me longer now to beat these games because um people were saying you should be able to beat this game you know in under a month but definitely not the case for me right now so oh yeah but um, you know i'm I'm just taking my time with it um so we'll see how long it takes hopefully not two months but we'll see No, that sounds good. Um, as for me, uh, what I've been playing, uh, unfortunately, I had not had the opportunity to play anything this week, which is uh, pretty rare. Um, but it, it's, it's been—I just want to say—it's it, been—it's been a very, very busy, uh, hectic week schedule-wise for me, um, working this other job, and then, um, of course, you know. Um, there's a lot happening in the next couple of weeks that I have to prepare for in terms of uh, other things that I will be doing um, so definitely had to spend the time just focusing on work uh, I know that there are a couple of games that will be coming out over the next couple of weeks so I'm pretty sure that I will definitely get to play those I actually just received a code today for the uh, Neo 2 Alpha um, so I haven't had a chance to dive into that quite yet, but uh, I'll probably definitely have something to say about that next week because I, I, I do intend to try that out. I was a huge fan of the first game, so I'm very curious to see how the sequel is different. Um, 
but yeah, I, I just haven't had uh, any time this week, unfortunately. But uh, that will change for sure next week because uh, I may have some a little bit of time. And of course, you know, it is a holiday over here. So perhaps I will have some time tomorrow or later tonight to actually play something. We'll see. But as I said, I'll have a lot more to say next week in terms of uh, what I've had a chance to play. So stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, that, that, that pretty much covers what we have been playing for this week. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into some of these news topics uh, in no particular order. But we're going to start with this story first. Um, last week, we spoke about Microsoft and Sony uh, making the announcement they wanted to work with each other on, uh, you know, offering better cloud uh, tech services across the online play, so on and so forth. Uh, well, we have learned uh, within the last couple of days that now Nintendo is also reportedly looking to rely on Microsoft's cloud uh, tech technology. So I do have a few things to say on this. Uh, but before I say what I'm going to say, Gary, I'm going to go to you first and ask, are you surprised by this news? Or uh, what, what are your initial thoughts when, when you heard that Nintendo may also be doing this? Uh, I think it's, um, it's very telling, actually. I feel like these companies are kind of threatened by Google Stadia or something because, you know, <laughs> hearing how they're all now working together, like, out of nowhere, uh, we never thought we would see, you know, Sony and Microsoft collaborate, you know, like that. Like, um, it it suggests that, you know, there's some sort of mutual agenda here. Um, and I feel like maybe they're threatened by Google and outside forces um, disrupting, you know, the the gaming industry as we know it. So, I feel like you know it's it's kind of a strength in numbers thing at this moment between these these three companies. Um, it, I guess it also helps that because um, you know we we know Nintendo has an American division already, but Sony and Microsoft, you know, they're their offices, their head offices now are, are kind of close to each other, you know, so uh, there's probably like a lot of uh, interactivity going on between them and talking and things like that, so um, yeah, it's interesting to see how, you know this new generation is kind of um, forming up and, and shaping up so far I feel like streaming is going to be a, a big deal um, we already know there's talks of a, a discless Xbox and things like that. So um, I, I guess the future is, you know, um, streaming and subscription services, you know, for for the future of gaming. So um, I think this is all three companies trying to get a head start. Um, and this puts Microsoft in a very powerful position, I think, because they're benefiting the most now if if Sony and Nintendo are, you know, using their cloud streaming service, then they are going to, you know, bank off of this a lot. So this puts them in a, in a great position. Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, so a, a few things that I, that I did want to say. Um, 
I'm not really surprised uh, about this particular news because Nintendo has been working with Microsoft pretty closely for a little while now. Um, you know, like with the cross-play stuff, and, 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 and they've been very open and, and honest about that. And then even having certain games now on Nintendo that also have Xbox Live functionality. So, so they have been working with each other for a little while now. So to know that they also may be taking a part of this, is, I think that's excellent news. Uh, I think all three companies can learn uh, something from each other. And if it does help to make uh, the infrastructure better moving forward, then I think that that's excellent because you're thinking about the gamers and how they are, how their gameplay experiences are on your particular console. So that's important. The one thing I will say though is uh, when it comes to Google Stadia, uh, I personally don't think that Microsoft, PlayStation, or Nintendo should be intimidated. Uh, at least not yet, because with me, the one thing that I was saying about Stadia before is that I feel that if you are going to be launching a new product, and, and obviously we know that Stadia, this isn't really anything that you have to buy per se. I think this is just, you can just do this, you know, play these games online. I don't really know what what that is yet because they haven't really said any, any, any details. We just know it's coming later this year. Um... But, but, but the thing is, is that whether it's a new service, a new console, as I have said before, I think that you need to have some type of killer app that's going to get people interested in actually trying it out. And a lot of the games that they did show at that Google presentation, they are already games that you can play on Xbox or PlayStation. So I, I, I don't, um, they, they have to show me more. Whereas opposed to with a company like Sony, you know, if you wanted to play Marvel Spider-Man, you can only play that on PlayStation 4. You can't play it anywhere else. So so I, I definitely think um, that I don't think Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo can be or should be intimidated. Now, sure, they can look at this and say, okay, so this gives us an idea of some things that we need to do. But I think they should have some confidence because they have a history of creating games that are actually exclusive to their platforms. And, and, and are actually, you know, you, experiences that you can only have on their platforms. And I, I say this more so for Sony and Nintendo, because we know Microsoft now, you're able to play on PC as, as well. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think um, if they feel encouraged by what, what Google is doing, they can take some notes. But I think when it comes to putting together and having quality software, I don't think that they should in any way be intimidated by anybody, except, except unless, of course, if they want to be intimidated by each other. Um, but, yeah, that's all I was going to say on that. <laughs> yeah, um, I understand your point about the exclusives, and you're very right about that, Like, because there is a section of gamers who are going to follow, you know, these exclusive games, and um, they're going to buy the PlayStation or the Xbox because of certain games. Um, but I think one of the most threatening things when it comes to Google Stadia is um, the the fact that the service is going to be readily available in places that the you know Sony and Xbox on you know they don't, they don't have a presence. So, for example, you know, um, Stadia, you're going to be able to play it on tablet, on phone, 
on your TV, on your PC, you know, and who knows what other device. Like, it's it's designed to be accessible anywhere. Um, and, you know, um, sure, they might not have the, the level of exclusives that Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo has, but they clearly have some form of third-party support. Yeah. So, if, if you know, the, the fact that you... A, a, a typical casual gamer is going to have access to these blockbuster third-party games um, which usually sell more than exclusives anyway you know um, the fact that you know a casual gamer is going to have instant access to that just by having Stadia I think they see that as a as a threat because Google is probably able to have their service in more places than you know Sony is going to be able to have PSN or Microsoft is going to be able to have Xbox. So maybe that's the threat, um, you know, that they're, and that's why they're kind of banding together so that they, they'll have more control and more power um, over these things. Because maybe, you know, Microsoft, they clearly have the infrastructure to have their own streaming, you know, platform and their own cloud services. Um, you know, Sony has struggled to do so, and we we know Nintendo doesn't go well with anything online. So, <laughs> so you know, the fact that Microsoft is the only one capable of having the same kind of infrastructure that Google has, uh, I think that's why they they feel the need to band together so that they're they're not disrupted. Because you know, for for the past ten years or so, or even longer than that, actually. You know, maybe like 15 years or so. All we've known in gaming is Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. Those are the three big monsters, powerhouses. And as much as the three of them are in competition, I don't think they want that to change because they can all still make money together. But yeah. if 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 an outside company comes and disrupts everything, then there's no guarantee that their market share is going to be the same after that, you know, um, and one of the companies might even fall if, you know, if uh, Google or whatever company's attempt is successful. Um, and they know that the way things are going, streaming is pretty much, you know, the future. Um, and, you know, we've seen with movies and stuff, streaming is everything now when it comes to movies and TV shows. Like, that's, that's what that's what that medium is based upon now. Uh, and that's why you see Disney getting into streaming. Like streaming is where it's at. If you know, if you enjoy TV shows and movies, like that's really what it's about right now. Um, and gaming, you know, gamers have kind of been slower to, to adapt the model. Um, I think this generation has started to make more people go, uh, digital only. Um, and I think the next generation is is uh, like Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Are, are, they want to take things to that next step. They want to jump over that next hurdle and make things completely digital. And they want to make streaming the norm. So they need each other to make that happen. So I, I think you know that's what it that's what it is and yeah google doesn't have you know blockbuster exclusives like halo or uncharted or last of us or you know super mario brothers um they, they don't have that but they do have more access to users than 
you know, um, the three console manufacturers. So I think that's what it is. That's a, a very, very, very good point about, um, yeah, they'll be able to play this anywhere. So that definitely can be a game changer. Um, we have to wait and see what the long-term plans are. Uh, the Stadia, as well as these partnerships that Microsoft is now ha- has with Nintendo and, and Sony, because I feel like uh, they're partnering for this particular thing. But uh, I'm pretty sure that there's some, some strict rules and regulations uh, that they both sides have to follow. And uh, I'm just curious to see how that actually pans out. But um, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely look forward to seeing what happens with all of these, these studios involved and uh, it could be very interesting. But yeah. Any other thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next? Nope. But um, I'm real interested to see how things pan out, you know, in the next year or so. Um, and I mean, E3 is right around the corner, so um, things are about to get very interesting. So, I, I one, one one thing I will say is that I do know that um, you know, Microsoft is they're probably going to be talking about a lot of important things at their conference, and I would not be surprised if they talk about this cloud computing service a lot more at the conference because uh, they initially want people to be invested in their future, and I know they've already said they're going to be showing off. A lot of these uh, the get new games that the newly acquired studios have been working on. So, yeah, none of these games are definitely coming out anytime soon. So, we definitely will get a glimpse into their future. And I do believe that does include the uh, this cloud computing stuff as well. So, we may have an answer on some of this stuff within the next two weeks. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we shall see. So, uh, moving on to our next topic, uh, and hopefully this is a topic that does not anger a ton of a ton of people, because uh, I happen to know a lot of people. A lot of people was very was, was very angry last Sunday when they saw Game of Thrones uh, concluding. Um, I know that we also have a, a group of our friends who have been watching Game of Thrones, you, you included as well, that um, was not happy with the conclusion of Game of Thrones. So. Uh, Hopefully this particular news um, is something to look forward to rather than to get disappointed about. So um, we did receive some word that uh, now, of course, I, I, I don't know if this is a confirmation yet because this is a project that is currently supposedly in development. But apparently George R.R. R. Martin may be working with From Software on a new game. Now, it's been speculated that game could be game a Game of Thrones-related game, or it could be something else. So, the question that I want to ask, as a Game of Thrones fan, Gary, if it is Game of Thrones, because, I mean, again, it could be something totally different. How does this news make you feel? Is it something that you're looking forward to, or uh, you need to hear and see more before you form your own opinion? Uh, well, I actually have um, insider sources, and they told me... Uh... This game is called uh, Game of Thrones: The Real Ending. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but um, <laughs> I, I think this is, uh, if you know, I think this is a rumor at the moment. But I think this pairing 
makes sense and i think it could be a really good one um uh like a game of thrones game designed by you know in that sort of uh dark souls style i think that would really work you know um now uh there's a lot of different side stories and stuff they could explore with this game so i i don't think this would be tied in with the 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 main plot of game of thrones i don't think it would be i don't think it would follow you know the plot of the books or anything or the tv show i feel like this is going to be like a side story you know um based on one of the characters whether it's Jon snow or Arya. you know it it, there's a ton of characters they could work with or they could create someone new even you know um i feel like the white walkers would probably be a big part of this game too um and you know maybe they could explore the whole war you know the war with the white walkers and things like that so uh there's a lot they could do there and i think this pairing definitely makes sense um we know that you know games like dark souls are very difficult and you'll end up dead most of the time and that completely fits with the you know game of thrones style because you know you never know who's gonna die uh next so yeah i i think this uh this could be a a good pairing for sure and i definitely feel feel like there needs to be a triple a game of thrones game um because i know there's been a lot of uh attempts to make a a game of thrones game Um, (laughs) uh, i I believe they have like mobile versions of of game of thrones Um, yeah yep they do have that because i I do recall seeing that game at uh gdc yeah yeah and yeah but that that, like there needs to be like a triple a main game of thrones game and well well, hold on how how was the uh telltale game of thrones uh game Oh, I, me personally, I mean, I know some people liked it, but I, I thought it was trash, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I didn't like it at all. Uh, well, the first episode was okay, but after that, I, I wasn't really interested. Like, but yeah, um, there needs to be like a, a main, you know, e- either like a RPG or an action style game. Like, I, and I think either, you know the Dark Souls style will fit Game of Thrones, or you know even the uh, what's it called? Um, uh, what's that game called? Uh, what's the the Lord of the Rings game like the uh, made by Warner Brothers? Yeah, you're talking about the um, Middle Earth Shadow of uh... yeah Shadow of Mordor. Like that style yeah. would probably fit as well, but you know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what From Software could do. But what was that, you going to say? The, the the last mobile game that they had for the uh, Shadow of War, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, that would that would that was awesome because I played that game. Um, you know, I, I initially was playing the main game, uh, but then I had a chance to play the mobile version of the game, and that that mobile version was was awesome. Just fighting different waves of enemies and choosing you can choose allies or enemies to team up with depending on you know how how high your level was after you unlock them so that was a cool game but uh yeah I, I, as for a game of thrones game the, i i only have one one, one thing to say uh and th- this is not a shot at uh at mr martin 
but let's hope that he has actually finished writing what the story is for this game <laughs> as opposed to just creating the game and kind of trying to come up with the story as as the game is being created because uh i think uh it has already been documented that he had not finished these books yet for Game of Thrones. And when he decided to continue, pursue, do this final season, a lot of this stuff is just stuff that was done, I think, to come to a, some type of conclusion for those that have been watching the show. But the initial real ending, still, people won't know until the books are actually finished. So let's hope that if he's going to be on this project, whatever it is, if it's a Game of Thrones game or whatever, that he has actually taken time to write what this game is about and that it has a conclusion. Because if not, then people people might get might get a little, just a, a little bit angry about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so, mean, what, what, the, the thing that happened with the TV show, I mean, it was multiple things that led to this uh, poor season. But um, yeah, the, the fact that he didn't finish the books is one of them because um, some people noticed that uh, once the show got past the point of where, you know, the books were, that's when it started to go downhill because they had to pretty much come up with, you know, uh, the writers had to come up with their own uh, way of getting to the end. And, you know, apparently George R. R. Martin, he told them what happens at the end, but the responsibility was left with them in how to kind of you know uh, make things work from a tv narrative perspective so um because they had no more books to reference they were pretty much just you know making stuff up and putting things together to 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 try and get to the ending that he told them uh but also uh the writers were having uh issues with renegotiation with hbo and i i don't think they were getting the money that they wanted um, so you know that also uh, is what led to them just not really trying anymore I think like they just wanted to end it um, and that's also why they did less episodes than, than usual and stuff like that so a, a lot of things contributed to this this poor season um, sadly you know um, but yeah George R. R. Martin needs to finish these books and put them out so people can have the, the final complete version of Game of Thrones that they want um, and I'm sure a lot of people because a lot of people who, who really love Game of Thrones they don't even like reading you know so uh, some people may never get that ending so well, 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 well the people I guess they should at the very least uh, I mean there are going to be some spinoff shows right for Game of Thrones so I oh, guess yeah. they, they can look forward to that um, because I don't know, I don't know if all of the shows have been announced yet uh, for these particular spinoffs, but they, they can certainly look forward to those. There's maybe some other additional stories that they can talk, tell about some of the other characters. Might be in the past if the characters did not survive, but um, yeah, they, 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 there's definitely some more content people will be able to uh, sink their teeth into in the not too distant future, maybe. Yeah, and, and that goes right back to this, this game that they're working on because, you know, that could be something special that, that people will enjoy too. Uh, there, there's, like I said, there's a lot of stuff they could explore. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, that, that rumor said that this is, this, this is something that may get announced at E3, right? Yeah. Okay, well, then 
we'll know in a few weeks whether or not that's actually the case. Um, I, I, one other thing I did hear for sure, we already mentioned this on the show. We'll probably bring it up again next week. Uh, I did hear that that Avengers game is it looks very very likely to be at that Square Enix conference. So um, yeah, because I keep hearing about that now. Every every other day, it's, the rumors are getting stronger. So um, I mean, it would make sense because I don't know what what else Square Enix it, what you know they ha- they actually have that they're working on. So it would make sense for them to reveal this game and show it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. All right. So going from that topic, now let's shift gears to uh, another company that we are familiar with that is trying to now do more movies based on uh, their actual games. So I know news came out this week that Sony... They are now making their own movie production company, which will be heavily focused on changing a lot of their famous gaming IPs into into movies. So I think this is a very interesting decision. Now, obviously, uh, you know, the Spider-Man, um, Sony has had success with the Spider-Man movies as, 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 as of recent. They're working, working alongside with Marvel. And then, of course, they have... Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home coming out in July, so that trailer looks fantastic. That game, I mean, that movie looks like it's going to be great. Of course, on the flip side of that, also the Sony Marvel Spider-Man game that came out last year is also a a, a very good game. So I could see them deciding to do this move. Uh, I think uh, they will need to be calculated about certain decisions that they decide to make. I don't think every Sony game needs to be a movie, per se, but uh, we'll get into that. But the first question I wanted to ask you is, what were your initial thoughts when you heard this first? Um, yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I usually, I usually think about things like this from a, a real business and industry perspective. And, you know, this, this makes a lot of sense. Cause I mean, Sony has their own, you know, movie production company, you know, their, their, their own movie studio and everything. So, I mean, I don't even, I don't know why they didn't do this sooner, to be honest. Um, and, you know, the way I'm thinking about it is, um, the, uh, the, you know, the Marvel movies, you know, they, they started to really become popular when actual people, you know, from Marvel who, who were involved in the comics and really knew the history of the comics and things like that were involved in making the movies you know that's when we started to see iron man and you know captain america avengers and they were represented the right way you know yeah. whereas you know in the past they would um give these these uh ips to to other movies movie studios and they wouldn't get things right because they don't really know the history they're just you know making the movie based on what they think you know the 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 story is meant to be or whatever so you know when marvel really started to create their own you know movie studio and everything and started to be in charge for themselves that's what led to success for them um and that really changed the landscape of the superhero movie um and now sony has that responsibility responsibility sorry i can't talk when it comes to uh video games video game movies 
So what if Sony becomes, you know, the, the revolutionary studio that changes the landscape of video game movies? I mean, they, they could do that because now they're taking their own properties, their own IPs, and they're making movies out of them and they're going to be able to do them in, you know, um, in a way that, that fits the source material, you know, um, so this is a good opportunity for them if they if they can get it right um because you know before this like this is a a specific production company that's going to manage you know uh the production of the movie and everything so before this let's say they wanted to make an uncharted movie and they're like okay we've got so many pictures so let's let them make it you know there's there's um there's no reason to believe that Sony Pictures would do a good job because that's a completely different division, you know? So um, they would just do what they think is right regardless, you know, even though it's technically all the same company, there, there's nothing, you know, to, to, to really say that they would do a good job of it or represent the source material the way it's supposed to be represented. But now that they have their own specific production company for this, they can really get things right, you know, how it's supposed to be. And that's what works for Marvel when, when they did the MCU, you know, because they, they had that buffer where they could really, you know, um, get things right and make sure everything fits the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, you know, that's essentially what this could be for Sony. So, you know, you could see a God of War movie, an Uncharted movie, you know, Jack and Daxter, and it could correctly represent the the source material and it could do it in a way that captures you know new audiences and and things like that so hopefully that is the goal for them um hopefully you know they are planning to to do something revolutionary here and they're not just gonna you know knock out a bunch of garbage movies that that (laughs) that we always see when it comes to video game uh movies and this this would be a great time to get it right as well because a lot of people are currently saying that Detective Pikachu is the best video game movie ever made. So, uh, well, I I I would have to disagree with that, but uh, sure, everybody is entitled to their opinion. Yeah, like, uh, the question I have with that though, like, didn't Pokemon start out as an anime first? Like, it wasn't a video game originally. But... Uh. I, 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 you know, I haven't been following Pokemon too heavily. I, I, I did start out as a cartoon. I do remember the cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I haven't been following it too heavily because, yeah, I was still, uh, you know, I think I was still in elementary or middle school when that, that phenomenon started with Pokemon. Um, but yeah, yeah I do. I, I definitely, I definitely recall the cartoon for sure. Yeah, but I know what people are trying to say, though, you know, when they say that it's the best video game movie, they're, they're, you know, I guess that because the video games are so popular. So, you know, they're, they're just trying to, you know, say that it's the best one they've seen. And rightfully so, I mean, because we have seen a lot of trash video game movies. So that does need to change. Oh, oh absolutely. As far as how they adapted the Pokemon characters, oh, they 100 percent nailed that. And and of course the other thing because this is a conversation that I had with uh, my other my other good friend Ricky who used to be on WrestleCast and has now retired, although he may return for some type of AEW uh, show. I, I would assume we'll see about that. But um, 
yeah, I, I was talking with them. The one thing that caught me, my attention about that movie is that, again, you see all the, the, the Pokemon characters. They're, they're very, very adorable and likable. Even if these are characters that are meant to be, you know, some of the even the more the more evil or sinister Pokemon characters, but they where they design the characters, the way they carry themselves, personality, it's very hard for someone not to like those characters. So they 100% nailed that in the movie. Um, and for those that have been longtime fans of Pokemon, to see these same characters that you watched as a kid in the cartoon, now you see them being recreated for film. Yeah, they did a fantastic job with how they put how they made the characters. So uh, I, I definitely agree that that was the best part about the movie, how they interacted with the and the story wasn't bad either. I mean, the story wasn't bad, and how they explained the world in which Pokemon's lived alongside humans is it, a very very well thought out story. So I definitely can agree that it, it is definitely one of the better movies. At least in recent memory, in terms of a video game uh, adaptation, yeah, it, it, they they absolutely nailed that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it, if it's the best, but it's definitely you know a very very good ad uh, ad adaptation at the very least. Um, but uh, getting back to the point about Sony uh, and them making their own movies, my my only issue with this is that. Uh, I don't want them to make a movie about, uh, about every Sony game that they have released. I, I now, as much as as I will admit, I do plan to go to the theaters and I will go see, uh, you know, um, that 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 Fast and Furious spinoff starring The Rock and Jason Statham. I am going to see that, so I'm, I'm going to admit that now. With that said, I do not want to see them make a getaway movie starring Jason State Statham. I do not want to see that. Right, so even though that that you know that that could be very funny and stuff like that, I don't want to see that, you know. So what I'm saying is, if they want to make their own movies, that's great. I just don't want them to try and do every single make a movie for every single game that they release. Because perfect example, and I will talk with Dana about this when we record our entertainment show, which we which we will be doing soon. Um, but I saw Aladdin yesterday. You know, Disney right now is remaking all of their all of their cartoons into live action films in some capacity. So I saw Aladdin yesterday, and I thought the movie was okay. I mean, it's all of the original source material was there, just literally special effects and live action. But with that said, I don't want to see Disney make every single animated film into an actual movie because I don't think that that's necessary, especially if some of the animated films weren't all that great to begin with. So, just like with Sony, I do not want them to do this for every single game. Now, I did see so, uh, something about a comment about a Gran Turismo movie, and I had to laugh when I saw that because I thought to myself, "What the hell is that? What, what the hell is that movie going to look like?" Um, well, but, first of all, that movie is going to take like ten years to make. Like <laughs> ten years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. It'll kept, keep getting delayed and stuff like that, like the other movie we're going to talk about here in a little while. Um, I, I mean, I mean, we'll see. But, but, but with all that said, um, which games do you want to see as movies that are, they do happen to be Sony games? Uh, okay, so before I get to that, um, I did see a story here that says uh, the first PlayStation production 
uh, is going to be a twisted metal TV show. Uh oh. So, you know, uh oh. I, I don't know about that one, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, I guess we'll see. Now, in terms of what I want to see in terms of uh, PlayStation movies and stuff, yeah. um, I think the obvious ones are definitely Uncharted and God of War. Now, there's been rumored to, to have been an Uncharted movie in production for a very long time already. So I, w- I want to know what's going on with that. And are they going to you know restart that or... Uh, is it already ongoing? Um, I don't know, but um, if if it's done the right way, I feel like Uncharted could be a really good fit for mm-hmm. a video game uh, adaptation. Um, so yeah, hopefully they do that and it's done right because that could be great. You know, that could be that could literally be like the new Indiana Jones franchise or whatever. You know, so oh yeah, definitely. So that, you know, that's the obvious pick. Uh, and the video games are almost like movies as it is. So, you know, you could really just follow the cues of a video game to, to a certain point. Um, now, and, oh, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, so now what if they decided uh, to try this approach where they didn't make the Uncharted movie and they decide to, I guess... Maybe make the Nathan Drake's daughter the focal point of the film, where she is now the one that they pass the mantle on, mantle towards. But they also decide to release a new Uncharted game the same year. Do you think that that would be a very good business strategy that they have the movie drop the same year as the game? Oh yeah, of course. You know that would definitely drive sales of of both things, the movie and the game. Um, but is it going to be good? You know that that's one question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't. I, I feel like if they're going to do a movie, they should just start with Nathan Drake because I mean he is. You know, he makes the, the the game. You know, he makes the this series. So I mean, they they could just start with Nathan Drake and then you know build up towards maybe the daughter coming in by the yeah. third movie or whatever. You know, like. I don't know, but I feel like Nathan Drake has to be the focal point at first, you know, because uh, uh, it, it just wouldn't be the same if they start with, you know, a new character. But what was you going to say? Oh, no, I, I agree. And I did want to have, have a quick question for you. Did you get a chance to see the Uncharted short that they did? I think we oh, spoke yeah. about that before. Oh, yeah. with uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, I think Hunter. it's uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that, that was great. That was yeah. amazing. That, that was excellent. So I would say if they're going to make a movie, get that director, get that cast. Yeah, I would continue from that short because that, that 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 was fantastic. If they're going to do that type of stuff, and it wasn't a long a long thing, it was like a scene of what could have been from the movie. So if they are going to do that, I, I think they definitely need to look at that and get you know give some money to that director and just give them the ball and let them run with it. I think that'll be that'll be fantastic. Yeah, and you know if they if they wanted to introduce the uh, daughter, like you said, I mean, they could start with an older Nathan Drake, you know, and um, you know basically like maybe at the point he was at at the end of Uncharted Four, maybe they mm-hmm. could start with you know uh, a Nathan Drake resembling you know him like a, a, an older version, and the daughter can you know sort of already be there, but she'll be young, and then you know. 
we can have a first movie of Nathan Drake and you know um obviously the daughter her, her character will be developing too and then you know maybe by the next film or whatever it could be about the daughter you know so absolutely yep I agree 100% with that so yeah but um I mean uh, I'd also like to see what they would do with uh uh uh, God of War like I, I feel like they could do some great things with that but obviously that's going to require a huge budget to get it right because they're going to have to have like crazy special effects to, to match what the game is you know so oh yeah well we, we, we do know that God of War has sold over 10 million copies worldwide so uh, I think that they, they might be convinced now that they, they may consider doing a movie for that in the future but you know, I mean, we 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 do know that there is going to be another game. I mean, that's that's a guarantee. But the movie, we'll, we'll see about that. Oh yeah, yeah. But if they were to do a God of War movie, do you think they should start back in Greek mythology, or should they start with Norse mythology? See, that is a great question, and 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 and, and I must I must admit that um, this may not be a popular opinion. I, I I I like the original Kratos and how violent and brutal that character was. I like how those original games they did not really care. Like they would show all of the gratuitous stuff that you're not supposed to show in the game. You know all this ridiculous stuff. I I enjoyed that as a mature mature uh, individual. But with the new approach now with the son, I'm pretty sure that they would take that approach because that is something that will pull in. They will get a lot more of an audience to see that movie as opposed to the way that they had presented Kratos before. Because you have the kid in there, then the parents might feel a little compelled to bring their maybe their their kid that's about to enter into middle school or high school with them to see the movie. Whereas if you have this other Kratos, you damn sure should not be bringing your little kid to see that. If you're gonna be cussing people out, cutting off heads and messing around with all these women, no, you, you cannot have that in the. Uh, in the movie theaters, I think everybody is going to go see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess from a money perspective, they would go with the new Kratos and they, they would go with the father-son dynamic probably. Uh, yeah. That, that will definitely make a lot of money. But yeah, like you, I would prefer to see the uh, Greek mythology Kratos. Um, and yeah, like I, I would love yeah. to just see that, like Kratos just, you know... Um, just de- destroying and dismantling all of the Greek gods, like you know. Oh yes. Hyper violent about it. Like I would love to just see that, and and I feel like um, Greek mythology films historically have done really well um, as movies. So you know, there's already kind of a built-in audience there. Like there's a lot of people. Like there, there's someone. Uh, there's a girl I play Overwatch with, and she's really into Greek mythology and she'll play or watch anything to do with it just because she likes Greek mythology so I feel like if they did that you know a lot of people would, would check that out just because it's Greek mythology um, oh yeah I, but... I, 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 I definitely agree I definitely agree with that um, yeah I'm a fan of, of Greek mythology as well so I, I would see that for sure um, but yeah I guess they will alter it if they did it now because uh, they can't uh they can't go like there was in like in like in God of War three for example, 
uh, all of the brutal deaths that you did as Kratos, they probably would not get that graphic in, 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 in the live action film uh, nowadays because feel as though, you know, people are a little bit more sensitive now to this stuff. So I guess they can't go all out. I mean, I, I have no idea. If it's an animated film, then yeah, sure. Uh, but the, even to that extent, I, I just don't know how far they would take it. But uh, they definitely, uh, I, I feel that that's definitely a franchise they are going to consider making a movie for now because they see that it is very popular now, even more so than before, you know, and it, there's a new approach taken to it, a new perspective on it. So they can definitely take advantage of that further if they wanted to. Yeah, indeed. Um, so. As for me, real quick, I just want to say some movies that I would love to see uh, them do. I do agree on God of War. That, that'll be an excellent opportunity. Uh, I also think uh, the movie that I think has, I, I've also heard rumors about, but I have seen nothing about, and that is Last of Us. Um, because that that particular dynamic between uh, Ellie and Joel, I really do think that you can, you if you can capture that on the big screen, that really will win people over and it doesn't really matter like and that that is a story where it's supposed to be brutal in nature because of all the stuff that happened in the game so i think that that absolutely 100 percent. if they were to go that route then they should do that because that makes total sense for them to actually consider making a making a movie about this i think a lot of people would, would gravitate towards that because then you also have people who are into the zombie genre and i and i know that these characters these People are not zombies, of course, obviously. At least they're not named zombies. But it's very similar in terms of, you know, how they operate and stuff like that. So I, I, I think um, that movie would do very well if they decide to do it. But, it, you know, again, it depends if uh, it's something that they feel that they are fully invested in. Um, so we'll have to see, wait and see which direction they take things. One, one, one point I, did, I do want to make, though, real quick is that um, I recall when we went to PSX back in 2016, and even when we went to E3, like Sony, when they have these little presentations or when they have like an exhibit or something, they really put a lot of their creativity into creating these scenes directly from the game. It, it's it really is fantastic. That makes you want to see how this would look as an actual film when you see how much detail they put into like setting up a installation or whatever. So I, I, I 100% would love to see what they could do with God of War, what they could do with Last of Us or even Uncharted, because I feel that they have everything they need to make it happen. They just have to fully commit to the idea and actually follow through on it. And that could be the issue because, again, money is involved. Studio may not want to spend a ton of money on, on, on this and then also have to spend even more money on the game. So they have to think about that. But obviously, they, have, they definitely have an audience for all of these franchises, so I think that they definitely should take advantage of this opportunity um, one way or another. And they can afford it. I think they definitely can afford it if the video games are selling that well, as well as the console. So, so we'll Rich, uh, are you are you saying that um, when you go to see one of these Sony movies, like the Last of Us movie, are you saying that you want to walk to a, a new room in every scene? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. No, no. No, oh, no. Uh-uh. No, no. Let me let me be clear about that. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't mean that at all. Um, now that was a very interesting experience last year, 
And I under and, I, and, and it was so funny of experience because everybody was asking us about hey, did, did we get into the Sony conference? I didn't get a pass to the Sony conference. They asked me what who do I who do I talk to? I said, I mean, I don't know, because even when we got tried to get into that show, I didn't we never got a response. We just got the passes at the last minute. They never acknowledged and said, Oh, we're gonna send you a pass. So they had us waiting until the last minute to know whether or not we were gonna get in. But um yeah, I mean that experience was just I mean, I think this is why they decided this year they're not going to have a Sony show because they, they really they tried to think outside the box. And I don't think that went over too well, at least not for those that were watching at home, because it's like it just it's a very weird experience. But I will say this. Um, when we go to like like, for example, when we went to E3 the last time, not last year, I think it was the year before last. Even when you go to like the booth area, you'll see that if there's a certain game that they have. In that section they have a lot of they'll have like an area built they'll have stuff around that area to really emphasize is this type of game like I recall when I went to PSX for Days Gone uh, a game that um we had uh, quite a lot of people that we know said that they love the game and they ignore the scores or whatever but uh, <laughs> the, the, the Days Gone um, they actually had an area which it was like uh, they had like a a lot, a, lot, a lot of woods and like a like 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 a building area over there that was shaped like one of the buildings in the game, and then of course they had people dressed up in the uh, the uh, attire of the uh, of the zombies. You know, I don't, they're not called zombies. You know, I haven't played the game, so I don't. I'm not going to pretend like I know what the name of the of the actual enemies are. Um, but yeah, all, all I'm saying is that they go the extra mile with making you feel when you go to these events like you're a part of the experience, like this is a world of, of it gives you like a preview of what it could look like. Um, but obviously it would look a lot better when you're investing money into it for actual film. But just to know that they are creative in terms of how they think about the experience, that makes me want to see them make this, some of this stuff into like an actual movie. Because then I'm, I'm just, I just, I'll, I'll be very curious to see how it looks, how it feels, and whether or not it actually is going to be rep representational of the material. So, but we'll see. But no, it will definitely not be uh, walking around uh, different spaces. No, 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 no more of that, man. They they cannot do that approach again. <laughs> yeah, no, but I agree with you. They definitely uh, put in a lot of effort. Um, you know, to build these uh, experiences and these sets, you know, even at E3 and things like that, and even during their streams and stuff. So, um, I, yeah, I, I think this is this is a great direction for them to, to have their own production company. So we'll see what the result is. Absolutely. Indeed, we will. Um, so uh, to go from one movie to another... Uh, we also received news a couple of days ago that Sonic the Hedgehog has now been delayed to, I believe, February 2020 so that, so that they can change the character design of Sonic. So uh, I know I spoke a little bit about uh, this with Dana on the last movie cast we did. Uh, I think, and as I said on that show, I'm going to repeat what I said before. I think that they knew from the very beginning when they showed the, 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 the silhouette of the character with the boots, that got a bad reaction. So when they actually revealed that this Sonic the Hedgehog trailer, uh, you know, not too long ago, 
I don't understand why they would be shocked about the reaction because you already know people was going to be critical of this based on the earlier reaction from the silhouette image and the, the complaints about that. So I will say this. I'm glad that the people that complained about it, they're actually going to do something about it and they're going to make an effort to make the character look better. But I just want to remind people, even if Sonic does look better, that doesn't mean that this movie is going to be amazing. The story can be complete garbage. So there still will be some people complaining about this movie. And, I, and remember I said this, but when, when it happens next year, there will still be complaints about this movie and may get some bad reviews because there are other movies about them, other aspects about the film that people don't like. But for those that complain to the high heavens about the character design, I'm glad they are finally getting what they want. Um, but yes, Gary, what do you think about this news? Are you glad they're making the changes to the character design? And do you think that it will help the film? Uh, now I'm I'm in two minds about this um, whole situation. Uh, on one side, yeah, it did look kind of bad, like the the character design. So <laughs> it, it's good that they're listening to the feedback and they're willing to make these changes. Um, you know, so that's cool. That side of it is okay. You know, like um, if you're a creator and you get some bad feedback and you're like, okay, let me go and revise this and make it better. There's nothing bad about that. Now, here's what I don't like about the situation. Uh -oh. um, I feel like the internet is now full of crybabies who, you know, just whine and complain about anything they don't like. And now they have too much power, you know. So whenever there's something that they don't like, they're just gonna you know complain in, in in unison and they're gonna feel like you know uh the world should kind of bend to their will you know so in the future we might see people outrage and complain about something that's you know um that, that there's nothing wrong with at all and they're gonna expect whoever produces that you know material or whatever to go back and change it just because they they cried about it and they complain about it so you know i feel like a lot of voices online are, are becoming too spoiled um and that's why i don't like i feel like stuff like that gets in the way of true creative expression and um you know i feel like a lot of companies like you know whether it's video game uh studios or you know authors or movie you know um companies or whatever like i feel like they don't have as much creative freedom and they can't push the limits as much as they they used to be able to anymore because now there's this outrage culture who just cries and complains about everything and you know the, the the creators feel like they have to please these people when sometimes they don't so that's you know that's my anxiety about this whole thing yeah um but you know i mean in this case you know the the, the design wasn't that great anyway so i mean the fact that they're changing it <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that they're changing it that's good but yeah um i i definitely feel a, a certain way about it still so 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 i just want to say that i agree 120 percent of what you said uh i'm not really a fan of 
the way things are today in regards to the outrage that people have. And, and some of the outrage is just over ridiculous stuff. Like I know there was a petition signed to try and get HBO to rewrite, uh, you know, do, redo Game of Thrones, the season eight. Yeah. I mean, stuff stuff like that is just ridiculous. You know, it's like doesn't really make any kind of sense. I can understand people were upset, uh, but they got to understand that, you know, even though they may love Game of Thrones and they may consider this to be their show. There are people behind this show that make it possible, the ones that are actually paying for the production, and of course HBO, so on and so forth. So if they want to make the show however way, the way they want to make it, and then they're the ones that have the right to do that. I mean, we, we have spoken many times about not liking certain things that happen on power. Does that mean that we're going to start a petition and say they need to they need to bring back uh, Kanan from power? Don't, don't kill him off the show. Let's bring him back. They don't know. That would be absolutely retarded. Because uh, there's a reason for everything that happens. And I guess in the case of Game of Thrones, because I haven't seen it, I have to believe there is a reason for getting rid of some of the other characters in the storyline. But if it wasn't, then, uh, well, it is it is what it is. Um, but uh, I just think the people who are complaining about all this other stuff, it, it is it is very annoying to an extent. Uh, I also don't like the people that you can see that there is a certain person within Hollywood, a director or whatever that said something controversial so long ago, maybe 10 years ago or whatever, and then you go and you find what they said and then you throw it back out there in their face to, to try and talk bad about them now to really knock them off their high horse. They did, they, they, did, they did this with James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think there's a lot of time and energy wasted people trying to find these things to talk bad about somebody just because you don't like that person, or you don't like what they're doing, and so on and so forth. I mean, I, it's 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 a pretty crazy time we're living in right now. But with, with that said, yes, it is bad that um, it did get to this point where now they, they do feel that they do need to redesign the character. But but as I said, uh, if there's one thing that I that I have learned so far in this life, is that a lot of people are, are are going to find other things to complain about, and especially with this film. Like when I saw the trailer, yeah, the character design wasn't impressive. I mean, it was okay. But from looking at this, this, the trailer, and of course, as Dana said, gotta go fast, gotta go fast. I'm like, what, what the hell is that line about? Why did, you know, why does Sonic have to go fast? It's, it's like, you know, certain stuff about the movie, and based on that trailer, I was like, you know, this, this looks like a train wreck. But it's coming out at a time where I'm pretty sure. A lot of parents will bring their kids to see it, so it's probably still going to sell well. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but yeah, it, there's other aspects about the film that people will complain about. So I will not be surprised if early next year we see the movie comes out, the reviews are not great. Uh, and then at that point, it's not really so much about the design, it's about other aspects of the film that are going to be having problems with it. So it's okay if Sega want, and Paramount decided, let's redesign this character, that's fine. But they must know ahead of time that's not going to solve every single issue with this movie when it actually comes out by the time everything is said and done. Uh, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and like I think people forget as well the whole point of a movie trailer is to decide whether you like something enough to go see it. You know, if you don't like the trailer, it's simple. Don't go see the film. Like exactly, you know, I I don't understand why people feel the need to 
complain constantly and harass the creators of these things you know like it's ridiculous you know like for example you know when when i had an issue with censorship on on the ps4 or whatever uh oh my, my reaction was simply okay i'm not playing my playstation now like that's it like i didn't go start a petition i didn't go and harass sony or anything like that you know it's just you 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 vote with your wallet like if you don't like the character design and you know you're you're that hurt by it then don't go see the film you know it's that simple um you know and i just i just hate this whole outrage culture nowadays like it's it's getting too far and i feel like you know they they're ruin they're ruining every like they're ruining things for everyone now so there's, there's, everyone there's, everyone is affected by this 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 is true and 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 I'm also going to add on another quick point cuz I cuz I I know uh might be going a little off topic but uh not only is the outrage culture an issue but it also is an issue where it feels as though you can't really say anything without somebody criticizing or jumping into it and saying you have a different agenda or or something because yeah, I have no because because that's absolutely. exactly what happened with that's exactly what happened with your situation yeah exactly yeah that's another thing like if you have an opinion on something or you you know you have um an opposite opinion automatically you know somebody's offended by your opinion or you know they all they automatically place you in uh some kind of category or whatever like i i just hate how black and white things are like there's no gray areas anymore there's no like you know everyone is different like some people like certain things some people don't that that doesn't mean that you know this person is um you know anti whatever just because they don't like the same thing you like you yeah know? like that that's not the case like maybe i just don't like that specific thing you know like it, i i just it's annoying like it frustrates me when i think about things like that so um i agree i fully I'm, understand that i'm going to drop this before i get too hot tempered so. uh oh oh yeah no we don't know no, no, no. yeah you don't yeah you don't you you, 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 don't, you don't you don't want to get blocked again after this podcast so yeah that's a good idea oh yes yeah, yeah the, I'll, I'll get blocked again yeah let me chill <laughs> all right so let's move on to the next topic this this would be a nice little fun one the april npds are officially out uh and uh some very interesting uh, games on this list and also some games on this list that I'm, I'm very curious as to why these games are on the list. So I'm going to start at uh, number 20, the top 20. Oh, whoa, whoa. We'll say what? Oh, no, nothing. I just, I'm just like, wow, this must be serious if you're starting at 20. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll mention these, these these real quick to, 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 to build up build up the anticipation. So, number twenty, Borderlands Game of the Year Edition. Number nineteen, Battlefield Five. Number eighteen, Jump Force. Seventeen, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Uh, Sixteen, Final Fantasy X X Two HD Remaster. Fifteen, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Fourteen, Minecraft. 13, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. 12, Mario Kart 8. 11, Red Dead Redemption 2. Interesting. Number 10, Yoshi's Crafted World. Okay. Number 9, NBA 2K19. Okay, that's not surprising. The playoffs are going on. Number 8, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. 
Number seven, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Okay, this is a shocker. Number six, Grand Theft Auto Five. Really? Um, number five, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number four, Tom Clancy's The Division Two. And now the top three. Number three, MLB The Show 19. Number two, Days Gone. And number one, Mortal Kombat 11. So, judging by this list, I want to ask you, are you surprised by uh, any of these that are on this list? Or do you have any thoughts about who the, who the top three are? Um, I mean... Not really, like, the top three makes sense, I think, like, you know, Mortal Kombat is a big, uh, series, like, popular, so, and it's third party, so that makes sense, that's number one, Days Gone, um, I heard a lot of mixed things about it, but, I mean, it is a game that was highly anticipated by many people, so that makes sense, um, MLB, the show, you know, I mean, sports games, we, we expect them to, be pretty high when they release because you know like people who have an interest in those sports are going to go out and buy them in droves so um that makes sense now um what position was grand theft auto at last month like i can't remember do you remember uh that's a good question uh i'm not uh well, let me look I, up mpds so that was march 2019 <laughs> You know, you know. I, I, I just want to make a, a comment about that real quick. Uh, it looks to me like there are a lot more people into Grand Theft Auto than Red Dead Redemption Two, because I understand that the Red Dead Online was in beta. It's currently out of beta right now um, because they released some new content for it recently. So that's fine, but it just appears to me like a lot of people prefer Grand Theft Auto over Red Dead because I was I wouldn't expect Red Dead to be that. You know that much lower on on this list, um, but yeah. Grand Theft Auto is still at the top in the top ten, so that that's kind of crazy. Yeah, so Grand Theft Auto was at uh, eight last month. Okay, so now it's at six. So yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, I mean, I guess a lot of people prefer Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I mean, me personally, just by you know, um, I mean, I didn't play a lot of Red Dead Redemption Two online, but I could I could tell that. GTA Online was better by far, so yeah. Um, and I think even aesthetically, people just prefer Grand Theft Auto uh, Online because it's it's more realistic, it's more like real life and stuff. Um, I think the uh, you know the Western gimmick of Red Dead Redemption only works for the story, really. Um, I think after that, people are probably kind of done with with you know with that aesthetic. Yeah, um, I just I don't feel like it carries well to the online experience because like you're riding around on horses trying to kill other other players like you know it just I don't know it's just something that's not the same when you compare it to Grand Theft Auto Online um, and I know there's a lot of appeal uh, appeal with Grand Theft Auto because you can buy certain cars and things like that that are you know like real life cars so people in real life they're really into cars and things like that and the fact that you can mod these cars and and stuff that appeals to a lot of people um i'm sure there's people who play just because of the cars and stuff like you know being able to uh buy cars and tune them up and things like that so i just feel like grand theft auto online is a lot more appealing in that sense um 
and you know that the numbers show that that's the case um, i'm very interested to see what what they could do next time with the next grand theft auto online because uh i feel like um i mean you would you say that grand theft auto online is just as popular as fortnite like do you think that's the case because it, it's been it's been like running for a lot of years now. See, see the the, the thing the thing about it is this this may be considered a, a controversial statement. Nah, man, I I I think Fortnite is more popular because just about everywhere I go, you know, if I if I if I happen to be going to like like I, I recall I went to an event recently, uh, and even when I was at work this one time I was just talking with people at the job they talking about, oh yeah my kid loves to play Fortnite it's like everywhere I go I, I, I either hear a conversation about Fortnite or if I'm in an environment where there are also kids and say that they're at like a birthday party or whatever they start dancing they're dancing the Fortnite dances it just feels like it's everywhere okay um, um, yeah I mean it, yeah like yeah Fortnite is definitely the, the most popular game right now. Um, so right now, Grand Theft Auto doesn't come close to the level of popularity that Fortnite has. But yeah. I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously it's been out longer, but I, I feel like Grand Theft Auto has been the most consistently relevant on, oh, yeah. online game, you know, uh, this, and, and, this generation. And, and the, the other thing is, you know, Rockstar does an excellent job of updating. Uh, they always have new content that's adding stuff to the experience and I thought personally that they were going to try and stop that once Red Dead came out because they want people to focus on Red Dead Online but I'm glad that they are continuing to support that I'm just curious to know how much longer they're going to continue to support that I guess until the next Grand Theft Auto comes out within the next uh, you know four or five years or something like that I guess but um, yeah they, they continue to support the content so I, I feel that's what's bringing people right back to the game um, but yeah, I like. I really, I, I want to know what Rockstar is working on behind the scenes because I, I feel like, I guess what I was trying to say is, I feel like the next iteration of GTA Online could potentially be what Fortnite is now, like because yeah. I feel like they've learned a lot from making this one, and this one was pretty successful, and I think they've been watching what other games have achieved. Um, you know, particularly games like Fortnite, and I feel like you know the next iteration of GTA Online is is going to like be huge. Like, I, I think it's going to be you know a, a pop culture success, just like Fortnite is. So, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But I guess we won't get that till next gen. So. Yeah, no, no, that, that, that yeah, that, 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 that certainly makes sense. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, it's definitely not coming this generation. I mean, I feel like next year is it. This is, uh, I expect to see new consoles next year, or, or at least, uh, hear about them and they drop immediately in 2021 or something like that. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, as for the MPDs though, I only find it interesting because I know that Obviously, days gone. You know, we do have a review on our website that was done by Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Anthony Nash. Um, 
still thought the game was pretty good, even though it's not quite the quality of the other Sony games you were expecting. Um, and, and I have noticed that that game has had a patch pretty much every day after it, ha it has been released. So that will tell you right there, it had a lot of issues. They shouldn't have released it if it still had all these issues. Um, but with all that said, I find it interesting how the game still number two. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that want it to be number one, but there's no way in hell they were going to top Mortal. They were going to go over Mortal Kombat 11. That, that was not... There was no way that was possible because this is a game that is on every platform. It launched on PC, Xbox, Nintendo, and PlayStation. So it's it, there's no way in hell that it was going to top that. But still, impressive that it's number two because Days Gone is only on PlayStation 4. So I do give them credit for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the stuff on this list didn't surprise me. As I said earlier, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. The finals are about to take place this upcoming week here. So the season is almost over. The postseason, rather. So I'm not surprised that game is, is, up, is, up, is up in there. It always is a top seller this time of the year. Um, but yeah, I'm not really surprised about anything else. And uh, like you said, I, I'm curious to see what happens with uh, Grand Theft Auto moving forward. Whatever six comes out, which will, will not be for a long time, that will be a you know we, we, will, we will probably be well into our um you know well into our forties by the time that game comes out. <laughs> but uh, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens. I I was just surprised that Grand Theft Auto Five you know shot up that high on the list. Um, so that that's that, that that's a bit very very telling, but. We'll see what happens. Um, so, uh, in, any other thoughts before we move on to uh, our final discussion for today? Uh, no, nah, let's get to it. <laughs> so, the final topic, and I saw this news. This was a news story that uh, I believe our very good friend Carl sent to us earlier today, which I found to be very interesting. But at the same time, I do have a to make something to say about this. So, Apex Legends which is a game that was released earlier this year, you know, Respawn and EA, a free game that no one saw coming that was a massive success, you know, where the, the EA stock went up and all this other stuff happened. Um, just a massive, massive success. Uh, well, now that there is news coming out that in just the last two months, that all of a sudden, now the game has dropped down to 74%. Um... Meaning that they, I guess, I guess it means the profits have the profits have dropped. But I'm guessing it means that a lot of people are not really playing the game. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this means people have stopped playing the game entirely. Uh, I do think that there's still some people playing the game, but um, obviously the stock is starting to drop and the interest is not quite in, as high in the game as it has been. So I do have some things to say about that. But before I get to what I have to say, let's hear what your thoughts are on this particular topic. Yeah, um, so where do I start? So, yeah, like, if you pay close attention, EA has, over the past few years, they've desperately been trying to crack this, you know, um, ongoing games as a service, you know, um, formula that's, that's worked for other games like Overwatch and Fortnite and uh, Destiny, you know, stuff like that like 
they 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 really want to have a game that's a long running service that continues to to rake in money. Um, you know, they desperately, desperately want a Fortnite and a Destiny style game. Um, they've been trying it, you know, repeatedly with they've tried it with Star Wars Battlefront. Um, they tried it with Anthem and you know, um Apex Legends. It worked for, you know, a month or so. Like it it really was a big deal. Um I noticed my Overwatch friends stopped playing Overwatch to play Apex Legends. <laughs> but slowly but surely they came back to Overwatch, you know. Um so yeah, um this this is bad news for, for EA because I, I think they're very <laughs> they're very desperate to have that one game that just continues raking in money um you know and the thing is they're not doing a a good enough job of nurturing these experiences um and i don't think they understand that they need to be putting the gamer first in these situations um now with apex legends it was great when it first came out you know um i mean Battle Royale games aren't, you know, my thing really. Like I've I've played PUBG, I played some Fortnite, um, and I played Apex, you know. Um, and I understand the appeal of these games, but you know, they're not really a type of game that I'm going to stick with long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Apex Legends, I can honestly say that it it was like a breath of fresh air when it first came out. It had some great ideas with the different abilities and character types and things like that and I, I really liked the tagging system um, you know where you could tag items and enemies and things like that um, they, they did some great stuff you know with the game but there's only so long you can expect gamers to stick with your game you know um, before they start getting bored at, at the lack of content and um, obviously, they released a battle pack, which came like a, a, a like a month or maybe longer, um, you know, after the initial release. Mm-hmm. But that didn't really add enough new content to satisfy people. So once that initial, you know, um, uh, what's the word? Once that initial excitement wore off, it was like, okay, what else is there to do in this game? You know. <laughs> So, and and that's why I think EA doesn't understand. They don't understand that if you want a long-term service, you know, video game as a service, you know, experience, you have to continue to nurture the audience. You have to put more money into this. Like, it's not, it's not going to be an overnight success that, that continues to rake in cash, you know, just by you putting in minimal effort. Like this has to be a long-term commitment and you have to dump money into it. Now they spent money, like they gave Ninja a million dollars, you know, just to stream the game. <laughs> and that was a big part of his success because he was streaming the game, you know. They could have, with that $1 million, they could have bought, they could have hired new people to m- make continuous content. Like, Overwatch has an update like every week or every two weeks or whatever, you know, even, oh, if even if it's minimal things like tweaks and changes or whatever, like 
they're updating the game frequently and they're listening to the audience they understand what the audience wants and they do their best to implement it this yeah. is what they need with apex legends they they need to be to to be issuing weekly updates um and they they need to put out content you know more frequently than they are uh, and that's just the reality of it if you if you want to get into this game you have to you know you have to put all of your resources into it to win you know you have to you have to like be willing to overspend on apex legends um so that you can make more money on it in the years to come you know like that's what they should be doing they should be investing more money into this game because of its initial success yeah. so that you know so that um it, as a return they can continue to profit from it for years that should be their you know their uh, strategy here but instead EA puts out games that are barely finished or in some cases in some cases unfinished and they, <laughs> they, they expect gamers to just be happy with it until they're ready to put out some new content for, for the game on, on their own schedule you know and that's not going to work that's not how you do this yeah that, that's not how this works like you have to make us want to continue playing these games um and that's not easy to do as well because there have been reports that um people at respawn you know the people who manage apex legends they've had to crunch they've had to you know work overnight and things yep. like that you know so they're, they're working them to the bone and this shouldn't be the case you know, like, why aren't you hiring more people if you want this to be the success that you want it to be? Why don't you expand that that staff and put more money into the studio? You know, so they can I, turn out the the rate of content that's needed to sustain this game. I think I think I know. I think I know the answer to that question is is because they want more money for the you know the people who the shareholders. That, that's exactly that's exactly. what it is. That's exactly what it is, and and that is going to continue to hurt them, and that that was the case with Anthem. You know, they they wanted this Destiny style game that was going to continue to make money for for years to come or whatever, but they didn't they didn't give Bioware what they needed to make that happen. Yep. Yeah. So, what would you expect? So, <laughs> EA is in a situation. They're in a situation now where it's really only their sports games that are their bread and butter. So if if the sports games start to decline, then they're going to be in trouble very quickly. And it's all because the people who run EA don't understand that gamers need more. Like we're not just going to to you know buy and continue to to throw money at these games just because you put them on the market. You know, yeah. we we actually want f fulfilling, substantial content to enjoy. You know, and you can't just give us unfinished games and expect us to stick by them out of loyalty, especially when you already have a bad reputation. So, that that's that's really the issue with EA right now. Uh, they just don't understand the market. They don't understand the needs of the gamers. They have this vision of what they want. But they're not willing to put in the the care and the, <laughs> the attention that's needed, you know, for for that to happen. So that's true. It's their own fault. 
Well, uh, I I agree with pretty much everything you had to say. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know when this turned out to be a, a success. I mean, my my instant thought is that okay, this is, turns out to be a success. They probably cut a check for the shareholders and said, "Well, let me go, let's go ahead and give them a bonus early," because again, you know, this is one of those games that it came out of nowhere, and I'm pretty sure it was at the at the end of the first quarter of the year is when they said, "Okay, that they they they." I'm pretty sure they got they got a little bit of a bonus because of that. Now, with that said. Uh, what you said when they got when they made the, when when they started making money they they definitely should have hired more people to to come and be a part of this team to help continuing to service the game because the thing is is that they are working respawn to the bone because respawn is also working on that Star Wars game which comes out later this year so instantly when I saw that they revealed because I remember at E3 last year. During the EA conference, they said, "Yeah, well, we have a Star Wars game coming next year." So when this game came out out of nowhere, I thought to myself, "Okay, that's good, but how are they going to work on maintaining this game and then also finishing the Star Wars game?" And then I, I then weeks later, I see the trailer for the Star Wars game. I'm like, "So yeah, they definitely crunching because this is a game that's coming out. I believe it's in November. I'm not sure of the date because、uh, I." Forgot what the date was. I'm not looking at the computer right now. But that, that game is coming out this year, so they definitely are going to be finished getting doing as much as possible to finish that game. Also, I know in regards to E3 this year, EA is not having a press conference, but they are allowing people to play games at EA Play. So that's another thing. You know, you're not spending money on putting together this snazzy press conference. They definitely, definitely could have put more money into this game when they saw that it was popular. But they, yeah, again, they chose not to do that because, again, it's about pleasing the shareholders, making sure they get their money, and that's it. And that's and that's a problem.、Um, not thinking about the studio that's actually working on the game, because if you actually want the game to be great, you would definitely do as much as you can to help that team out. And I'm not saying giving them deadlines and putting, you know, making them work hard to the bone to get this stuff done and this other game. No, you can't do it like that. If you now, I'm pretty sure they had to split up the teams, one team on the Star Wars game, one team on this game. But obviously, if they did, they did that, and they didn't hire more people to help on both teams, then that is a major issue right there. That it, it's really no, no excuse for that.、Um, so, with all that said, though, I do know that they're supposed to reveal, I guess, the next batch of content for this game at E3 because. This game is also playable at EA Play this year. I would think if it's playable, it's not going to be the same Apex Legends game. This is either it's a new map or some type of new content because you're not going to say, "Oh yeah, come to EA Play to play the same game you could have played at home." There has to be some type of new content that they're they're doing for that to be playable at, at the event. But、um, yeah, I agree that if you definitely want to be in this market. It is highly important that you have updates. I didn't even know that Overwatch updates that frequently, but I do know a lot of games that try to update frequently. Even with Fortnite, they have seasons and all this other stuff that they're constantly doing. Because I recall with Fortnite, they actually had a John Wick uh, character uh, that they added to the game, <laughs> some type of content for that. And even when Avengers came out, they had the Thanos character that they added as well. So yeah, when you, if you're going to be in this game. In this type of battle royale scene, or in 
in any of this type of, these type of scenes, you have to update frequently to keep people engaged. Otherwise, you can't expect people to just drop off and play something else. So they definitely need to be learning from what the competition is doing if they want to be competitive moving forward. Yeah. And and when I say, you know, Overwatch updates like every week or whatever, like it isn't always like new content, like new skins or maps or whatever. Like, um, I mean, those do come pretty frequently. Like, you know, month to month, you you usually get like a new map or, um, you know, maybe a new game mode or a new skin or something like that. That does come out pretty frequently. But on a week to week basis, sometimes it's, you know, it, it could be something small like, um a new update to a character like based on how they work and stuff or um you know uh, a new uh playlist like because there's different playlists of the different game modes you can play in the game and stuff so mm-hmm. you know it's sometimes it's little things but at least you know that they're supporting the game frequently that they're dedicated to you know uh making changes and updates and they're listening to the audience the fan base and everything and you know it, it feels like they're they're always there to you know make the experience better for us you know even if sometimes it is frustrating and sometimes it does get stale but they are very dedicated to the users uh with ea games it never feels like that you know um the uh i believe the anthem twitter page or whatever they haven't tweeted in a long time like they're not you know they're not telling people what's going on with the game um and for for a game that you want to be an ongoing service like people need to know what's coming you know you need to um the the whole point of these ongoing service games is to you know have a community like and that means that you know you should have some sort of dialogue with your audience and you should keep them in the know of what's coming you know um, and Blizzard do a great job of that with all of their games. Um, and, you know, Fortnite does a great job of that. Like, like you said, you know, John Wick comes out, there's John Wick content, you know, same for Avengers and things like that. So that, that's what they need, you know, for if they want these games to be a success in the long term and stuff. But EA just acts like they don't care. Like they, the, the way they, uh, the way they carry themselves, it's like, you know, we, we really don't care about you guys at all. Like we just <laughs> yeah. you feel like they you feel like they don't give a damn about whether you're happy or not. Basically. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it, it's clearly like that company is clearly designed to just give like bonuses to the executives and the people who own the company. But you can only get away with that for so long. Like soon enough the empire is gonna come crumbling down. Um, and so at some point you have to care about what you're putting out and you have to care about the end user and the people who are buying your product well yeah no uh, I, I, I I definitely agree with that although I, 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 I will say one thing uh, one thing I will give them credit for and I have done this on multiple episodes is that when they do work with some of these indie studios and they allow them to actually create the games they want to create, it, it, it definitely can work. Because that game, A Way Out, that was a fantastic game. I think that that was a game a lot of people slept on when it came out last year. Uh, and that's unfortunate because it, it really was a great game. 
and again, you know, it's a game where if you bought the game and you wanted to invite a friend to play with you, you can play the entire game with that friend. They didn't have to buy the game. So stuff like that was great because it's a co-op game. Um, that, uh, that that other indie game that they showed, which we still haven't got, had seen anything else since last year, I think it's, uh, it's the Solitude game. I forget the name of it. It's not Sea of Solitude. It's something with Solitude in the title. But they showed that game last year at, at, at their E3 conference. And the game looked fantastic. Uh, an indie title. Um, so they are doing some stuff correct with the indie games and the fact that they're not controlling what's going on with that game. But definitely with these service-based games, they're doing an absolutely horrible job. You know, trying to make Anthem be successful. They have been having issues with that. And I think... Uh, Dragon Age is the next uh, thing where, uh, well, if Bioware gets to gets to gets to actually make that game, then uh, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, they definitely, definitely, definitely need to think about the teams making these games, as well as the fans. And especially if it's a service-based game, you got to know. Yeah, I have got to have content out on a regular basis. Otherwise, people will move on and play something else, and they may not come back. To, to to the game after the fact. So they have to think about this stuff. If not, then the games are not going to be successful. They will never reach the sales they want to reach. And a lot of people will lose their jobs or the companies will get shut down. So they need yeah. to be a, more strategic and think about this stuff ahead of time if they're going to be invested. Yeah. And I mean, if a smaller company like Digital Extremes is able to continuously please the the fans of warframe Mm -hmm. you know and they have less money and resources than ea then that goes to show that if you put the audience and the players first then you know you'll you'll get the long-term success that you're after with these these games but absolutely you know ea for whatever reason it's like they with these recent projects that they're putting out they just don't understand and they design these games specifically to you know force people to buy microtransactions and <laughs> the, the actual content is shallow like the, the content is shallow there's nothing there like why should we buy these microtransactions make us want to yeah I agree I definitely agree well we'll see we'll see what happens well for those that are Apex Legends fans hey Maybe there's some new con- content coming in a couple of weeks, so I guess you can look forward to that if you still are playing the game. That is, yeah, and and like you said, I'm sure there is you know, something new coming at E3, um, and I'm sure that a lot of the people who used to play Apex Legends will return. I mean, it's a free-to-play game, so they probably will get you know um, uh, a, f- a flock of people coming in whenever they do release some new content. But, um, you know, it's a case of, okay, how often are you going to do this? And are you going to invest more in this game? You know, because that's yep. really what you need to do if you want this long-term success. So, And, 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 and in other words, don't don't expect uh, it to be successful if you are not fully invested. Um, so, because even with Anthem, I, wasn't there a roadmap that they released and said... This is our plans for how we're going to be supporting Anthem, and then none of that stuff. If you see, it feels like none of that stuff was followed. Yep. <laughs> and you know, it's hard to trust a company like that if they can't even stick to that. 
yeah, I mean, why, why put the effort into even creating a graphic and putting it out and saying, this is the roadmap plans if you're not going to speak? That, that's a waste of everybody's time. So that, that's not that's not good. Nah. Well, we'll see, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens. In the next few weeks, Apex Legends Season 2. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, any any other thoughts now before we um any other thoughts or any topics you wanted to bring up before we get ready to wrap up? Uh, no, that's it for now. Um, obviously, you know, um, E three is two weeks away. Next week is the prediction show, so I'll save everything for next week. Oh yes, uh, and definitely want to encourage people to um come back for that show. We will have some special guests on that episode because they have already asked. About being on this on that particular episode, so it's going to be a very fun time next week. So you do not want to miss it. Um, but yes, for now, uh, definitely want to thank everybody for their continued support. For those that uh, whether you're watching live or listening later, we always appreciate your continued support. Um, and we do have several things in the works, so stay tuned. Uh, it's definitely going to be a lot to talk about and a lot of content to, to really dive into uh, as we get closer to E3, so stay tuned. Um, and uh, Gary, the floor is now yours for uh, shout-outs. Yep, so um, I want to give a special thanks to uh, M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar, Kim Dill, Fergus, Fergus Mills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and Sean Gorety. Thank you for your continued patronage and support of the show. Um, and, you know, thanks to everyone who, who listened. Be sure to leave your comments. Let us know what you think about all the topics we spoke about. Um, and, you know, shouts to the entire coalition team. Absolutely. Yes. So, once again, thank you all for listening. Thanks for your continued support. I hope that you all have a great uh extended holiday weekend as well as a great week and we will talk to you all next sunday see you then <laughs>